Welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast for the last day of the week. It's TGI Friday. Post Eclipse Friday, too. Thomas Miller, thanks for stopping in. Glad you're here. How was the eclipse for you yesterday, by the way? I was up. Oh, I was up. Um, got up early, early, and was tuning in about 6.15 Eastern, and I noticed that the gap between the moon and the sun kept getting bigger, not smaller. I thought that the peak was at 6.41 yesterday, and I got that from timeanddate.com, and it was just wrong. It was an hour earlier. But like we talked about yesterday, no big deal because you want to catch that waxing energy following the peak anyway. So I just ran the video back, put my yoga music on and did my thing and watched what would happen in about 40. It was 45 minutes ago. So perfect. No big deal. Anyway, it was a great eclipse, even though this one was about as remote on the Earth as possible. The NASA website on YouTube airing it said that their telescope wouldn't get the full effect because they weren't in the right place. Like we were saying, unless you were about part Eskimo, you were going to have a hard time being in the location to see the full effect. But it was still there and just wondering how it went for you. If you had a special eclipse story, shoot me an email to info at funastrology.com. I'd love to hear it. Now, we have a couple of things today. First of all, we do have the moon moving on into Cancer quick trip since the eclipse. Wow, boom, gone in Cancer already. That already has happened, 3.22 a.m. this morning. And then we do have a sign change. Kind of been waiting on this one, actually. Mars moves from water to fire. Mars now moves into Leo. That happens at 9.33 this morning. We will have a much happier little Mars. And if you have Leo in your chart, know that you are going to be activated for the next about six weeks. So you say activated positively or negatively? Ha ha, your choice. Both sides of that coin energy are on your side. You choose which one you want to play with. You could turn into Lion the Warrior, or you could turn into Lion the All-Powerful and like have about a month and a half of massive action, creativity, creating, and just being king lion or queen lioness in the world. And if you've been feeling a little bit lethargic over the last four to six weeks, well, then this will add a little fire and zip to all of our lives. I think with Jupiter getting ready to go retrograde, this offsets this a little bit. But one of the things that you could watch out for is just over-exuberance. You could get so enthused about life that you just roar a little bit too loudly for somebody else's preference. In other words, you might crank your own tunes, but make sure you're not disturbing your neighbor, if you know what I mean. All right, let's take a listener question. We have several of them, and I'm going to run through as many of these as I can today, tomorrow, and Sunday. So we'll try to get a little bit caught up. For those of you who have had a question in the queue, thank you for your patience. Let's start with the first one, a great one for today. Hi, Thomas. I was wondering if you could explain the difference between transits and progressions. Thank you. And thank you for listening. That's a great one because they are equally important in the chart. When we start synthesizing the chart, we need to consider both transits and progressions. And one of the things that Steve Forrest did really well in the Elements series is specified transits, progressions, solar arcs. Those are the big three, really. And he talked about how to synthesize all three of those as you're learning to put elements of the chart together. Now, 
here's the deal. First of all, you need to have software that you can put your natal chart up because that's always the base. Your natal chart is with you all the way through. I like to think of these as Photoshop layers, if you will. Or back in my generation, we used to have these things called overhead projectors. And you had these little plastic film strips, basically, these plastic sheets that you would put down. And like you could put a drawing on there, you could write on it with a marker pencil, and that would be layer one. And then you could put another layer on and another layer. So however you visualize it, if you're of the digital age, Photoshop, if you're back from rotary dial telephones, (laughs) oh, yes, I did, uh, then you can use that. So whether you're putting a transit or a progression or a solar arc chart over your natal chart, what you're doing is you're adding that embellishment just like you do in Photoshop. So most of the charting programs that you can get, even for free online, will let you put your natal chart as the base and then the outer ring. And then some will even allow you to do three rings and you can add these extra layers to your natal chart. But that's, one, that's the first thing is you have to have software that lets you do both. So the transits are exactly what we talk about every day on the show. That's what's in the sky right now. Now, you can move them forward or backward, so you might want to go back and look at, for example, where the transits were in your chart on January 12, 2020, when Saturn and Pluto were conjunct. Or you might want to see where things are today and how the energy of today, like we talk about here, plays with your chart. Or you might want to roll it forward and see if you have a Saturn return coming up. When will that be? Those are transits. Now, progressions are completely different. So you think about the natal chart as a snapshot of the moment of your birth. But obviously, the chart and the sky both continue moving forward. So even by the time you've had your first bottle, the sky has changed. Well, how do we bring that forward, in essence? That's progressions and solar arcs. They work in two different ways. The secondary progressed chart, that's one, moves forward one day per year from the day of your birth. So, on your 20th birthday, that is 20 days after your birth. That's what the sky looked like 20 days after your birth. When you turn 50, 50 days. So you think, well, not much really changes. Ah, that's correct. The Especially the slower-moving planets in a secondary progressed chart, you will notice, will be in about the same position that they are in your natal chart. But what does move is the moon. So teachers like Noel Till, Steve Forrest, who teach a lot about this, say that the secondary progressed moon is one of the most important elements in your chart. And interestingly, that secondary progressed moon makes its first return back to your natal moon position at around age 26, right before you have your first Saturn return. And there's a lot you can pick apart from that. In other words, we manifest internally the moon, going all the way around once, before we receive externally the Saturn return. Now, the second progressed chart is very important, and it's one that I love, and I mention it in every reading we do. And by the way, there's still one open for tomorrow. If somebody wants to grab it, it's just been sitting there. It's on the calendar, so just go to the readings on the webpage, and you can grab that. And we'll talk about your solar arc chart, I promise, because I do it in every reading I do, because it is that important. 
it moves everything on the chart forward in zodiacal order one degree per year on your birthday. And it really is what brings the chart forward, merging your natal chart with today. And it is magical in its powers. It has predictive capability. It tells you right where you are in your life right now. You can use the concept of one degree movement in your chart to actually reconcile, help reconcile the birth time. If you, Like I dialed mine in. It only changed 46 seconds, which is very minor. But I was able to use this concept to align to my brother's birth, actually. So it is incredible what all is locked away in the solar arc chart. The reason I mention it in all of the readings now that I do is I kind of made a self-commitment that I always would because in narrating the Elements series for Steve Forrest, he does a whole section on solar arc and told a story that was identically parallel to my own solar arc path. I couldn't believe that he just picked me. (laughs) He didn't pick me, but he might as well could have. And I actually stepped out of the booth in tears because I realized that I completely missed the solar arc phase of my adult life years. And it was always pulling in my heart. But I did what I was supposed to do for everybody else. And I missed my own calling. So I've just committed that in all the readings that I would do, I would show what that solar arc path is because it is absolutely that important. All right, there you go. Progressions, transits, and solar arc. Great question. I will see you back tomorrow and we'll do a one or probably two more. We'll probably do two on Saturday and two on Sunday and then we will almost be caught up. Thanks, guys. Have a great Friday. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.